What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to inform and engage everybody of all things JFW. Welcoming back to the studio, Jim and Dave White, Super Dave, and our very special guest today, Jim Sr. What's up, guys? Morning, everybody. Morning. 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 How's it going, everybody? Episode 10 stats, we have 92 followers currently, 223 downloads. Our all-time downloads are at 2278, and Australia is still rocking it with five downloads. Well, good morning then, Australia. A <laughs> little bit of feedback, not a whole bunch. Don Keller, he said at first it seemed like we had too many podcasts and they were too long, but now finds them to be really helpful, and he really enjoyed last week's podcast with Chris England. Yeah, Chris was good last week. Chris is great. He was a hit. Yeah. It was a good podcast last week. Yeah, I think we're going to hand it over to him, and he can just do it every week. <laughs> As usual, I'm a little behind on my Christmas shopping, so I asked my wife the other day, hey, babe, what do you want for Christmas? She said nothing would make her happier than a diamond necklace, so I got her nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, since Dad's here this morning, Jam, I was like, I was going to tell Dad we try to keep him up on stuff and what's going on, and... Dad, did you know that we hired a new guy out in the shop? He's just going to crush cans for us because the night guys, they drink so much pop and monsters and stuff. Do you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, he actually quit, though, because he said the job was so depressing. <laughs> oh, man. That's your son. <laughs> That's going to be hard to beat. I'm curious if you guys all know when a joke becomes a dad joke. When it becomes apparent? Exactly. <laughs> when the punchline becomes apparent. Uh, that was week one or two. Jim threw that one at us. Oh, man. Yeah. Got to go back in the archives. Doubling yeah. up already. Yeah. Hey, did you guys hear about the frog who parked illegally? No. Yeah, he was towed away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. Well, I guess I got to jump in there a little bit. I've got a couple of them. These are Santa Claus dad jokes. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? <sighs> you got us. Tinselitis. Oh, <laughs> man. That's a good one. And one more. What brand of motorcycle does Santa ride? Holly Davidson. You're right. Holly <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> All right, man. Way to, way to break into podcasts. You sound like a pro. Got some good birthday celebrations this week. Marty Rios turns 74. 74. Yep, 74. Wow. On the 19th. Jesus Varela in 0043. He had a birthday. Uh, Gene Freeman, 1222. And then Nick C. in the shop on Christmas Eve. That must be rough having a birthday Christmas Eve. I don't think he gets separate presents. Right. Right? You always get gypped a little bit, maybe, or double presents, one or the other. Exactly. Or you celebrate your birthday in July. <laughs> yeah. I've known people that do that. Kind of like the Christmas in July sale? Yeah. 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 Hey, happy birthday, Marty, man. 74 and still rocking it. I, I hope I'm in your shape and, and can do the job the way you do it every day, man. I, I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. He's threatening to retire. He is. He is. <laughs> but I think when we said something about the raises last week or something like that, the, the uh, big announcement, he was like, well, maybe I have to stay around. I don't know. Mr. Wallet's <laughs> talking to him or something. Uh, we'll see what his wife says about that. Yep. Right. Right. Shout Happy out, birthday, everybody. Shout out. Uh, I missed this one last week, and Troy Hunt was very quick to remind me. He gave a shout out to Tina in 0094. She used his truck for cores and took the whole... Leave the truck better than you found it to the next level. He came back to his glass being wiped down and spotless floor mats. He said, Washdown floor mats is next level, but there's no wash bay at the West Yard. So <laughs> she really went above and beyond on that. Chris England, shortly after the podcast ended last week, he came up to me and he said, oh, man, I forgot to really give thanks where thanks are due. I told him to take notes, and he had his phone and this little piece of paper with nothing on it. But anyway, he gives a shout-out to Mikey and John in the shop. He says they don't get enough credit for the amount of work they do and knowledge they pass on to anyone who is willing to hear. I wouldn't be half the mechanic I am without them. They are able to dedicate their time to each of the mechanics while still maintaining the flow of the shop as a whole. You guys are incredible people and keep the JFW shop and family running together. Wow, that's awesome. That Pretty is. nice. 
Yeah, that's the reason Chris did a nice job last week with comments like that. He's he's good. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always knew Chris was a good that guy, but I never realized he was so humble and, and caring. So Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he has a depth about him. Absolutely. Uh, Jesse Baeza wanted to thank Richard Garul in 004, Veronica in 0038, and Dan Pulciani in 0046 for helping out at Plan 12 on Monday when he got sand in a rock stockpile. They all pitched in and got everything taken care of, and he was very appreciative. Yeah, thanks for helping you guys. Good shout-out, Jesse. Yeah, great teamwork. Together, right? Yeah, together. Together we do it all. That's right. That came back to the office and – you know, there were some questions about it, and to hear that it was all taken care of, and that that was great. So yeah. Solved. Problem yeah, solved. Yeah, the email was that there was a problem, and then, you know, nobody really followed up on the email, but it just got taken care of, Jam. Yeah, yep. with, with no emails, with no nobody yep. getting involved. Yeah, it's nice. Don Keller, he wants to give a shout-out to Leroy Luna, who gets a lot of shout-outs for what he does at the West Yard. Says he's an awesome guy. Talk to him about what's going on, and he just gets it done. Last night I saw Leroy Luna. Actually, I kind of felt something like wind passing by me, and I looked up and it was Leroy Luna doing his thing, running through the yard. Yeah, with, funny. <laughs> with a smile too. Right? With a yeah. smile. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was it was cool. I actually wanted to give a shout out to the leadership team uh, from myself. You know, the steering committee, whatever you want to call these guys, uh, just to know everybody's heart, all the way from Jim and Dave to to everybody on the steering committee and. Know how sincere everybody is in making JFW better. I couldn't be more proud to be part of that group. So shout out to you guys. Yeah, my shout out for the week was from last week with the Christmas announcement and stuff. And I know there was so many more people in the morning there because it was all the drivers. But just to have everybody together and everybody talking with each other and getting to see everybody and the atmosphere and the attitude and there wasn't a bunch of a little clicks, you know. Everybody was going around and saying hi and stuff. It was just made your heart feel good. I really, really enjoyed last week. Yeah, I just wanted to say special thanks to Joanne and Ann and Amanda pitching in to set everything up, to coordinate all the tables, uh, all the decorations, have all the swag ready, the food here. I mean, that's that's a major undertaking. I don't know if everybody really realizes what that takes to assemble and get done and make happen. And then the night crew cleaning the shop. Well, the day crew cleaned up the shop as well. Just everybody that was involved to, to set up that performance, you know, it, it looked great out there. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, Joanne was telling me she was coming in at like 3 a.m. I threw up a little in my mouth. I haven't had to do that since I was out trucking real early. Right. I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, pretty cool. It is a lot of work. All right, guys, let's get into the discussion. Uh, the big news last week was we were going to make a big announcement, so I would love to go over what that big announcement was. Jim and Dave, do you want to fill everybody in? Yeah, I mean, everybody, for the most part, was here or has heard about it by now, but uh, uh, <clears throat> we dedicated over a million dollars to all of our employees, not our equipment, not our facility, but to our people, and uh you know, we feel it's the biggest thing we can do to give back, help everyone, help everyone uh, make their lives better, you know, make more money. Uh, you know, it's it's just a step along the process of, of what we're trying to do to make JFW different. You know, we mentioned in a couple podcasts back that, you know, we feel we have the nicest equipment. We feel we have the greatest customers. We feel we have the best drivers and employees. You know, now we want to stand here and say we hope and we think, and we're pretty positive that we're the highest paying end dump company in Colorado. And we want to tout that. We want to be the best and we want to have the best. And the only way to do that is to take care of our people. So Jim and I sat down and we took a million dollars and divided it across the board. And that's what we came up with. And, you know, I've understood since the announcement last week that a few people were a little confused when we said across the board. Uh, for the drivers with a 3% raise, what that means is no matter what you're making right now, you just got 3% added to it. If you're at 30, you just went to 33. If you're at 33, you just went to 36. Everything else stays the same. You get your standard bump on Friday, Saturday for your attendance bonus, uh, holiday pay, vacation pay. All of that is based on that new percentage number. So now when we hire a driver brand new walking in the door, he starts at 30% instead of 27 So hopefully that's that's clear and when we said raises across the board hopefully that clarified the driver's side of it but uh for any hourly employee 
doesn't matter wash pay office shop day shift night shift doesn't matter we increase their pay two dollars per hour as well so on average every employee here should make between four and basically eight thousand more dollars per year next year that's awesome and ju- just to be even more clear when brother dave says the bumps are standard so if you were making 35 percent on a saturday you're now making 38 just to be super right. super clear right everything went up three percent right and we you know just to add a little bit to that we thought that was the best that was the cleanest and the clearest to do it and we're doing that you know like dave said to have the best but we think you guys are the best and you know we made the announcement that that was something we didn't have to do but it's something we wanted to do to prove that to to all of you that we think that much of you and that's that's the kind of operation and company and family we want to be absolutely it really worked out well for for everybody i know one driver he just had his anniversary like a month ago so he went from 27 to 28 and then just got another 3%. So <laughs> he basically got a 4% raise in 30 days, which right. was really sweet. You know, right. for guys coming in the door, you know, that, that are new to JFW, I mean, to be able to start at 30%, that's a nice wage. That's a good living. You know, I feel like we're competitive with, with the rest of the industry, definitely within the end dumping industry. Yeah. Yeah, that's, again, that's where we want to be, Jam, and that's where... You know, I know we all talked a little bit this morning along with those lines is as we're able to pay because we think you're better people, that's where we want the level of our people to be better also. And we're, we're paying you for a quality job and quality work. So some of our, our, our rules or how we do things the JFW way, it will be expected to be done that much better also because we're paying for that. And I, I know you got some things later in the in the podcast to go over, but, um, you know, like the seven days notice jam on, on oh, the PTO yeah. days, you right. know, where we, where you really give seven days. We need to, right. the rules that we have in place, we need to step up and be better all the way around. And that's, that's how we're doing that for paying for that. Absolutely. The big thing is attendance. I mean, you got to do the job well, but you definitely got to be here every day. I know we will be a lot less tolerant for new people coming in the door. You know, we've, we've struggled with some, some people problems and attendance issues with people coming to JFW right off the bat. I just, you know, speaking with you guys in the steering committee, that's going to be something we don't we don't really tolerate very much. So, agreed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, along those lines, is you know, when you miss during the week, you're going to lose your right. bump on top of the bump you just got. Right. And again, we didn't take that. You didn't, didn't earn, earn it. it. <laughs> this is this is based on what you earn, you guys. And not our fault if you're late, not our fault if you didn't show up. And, and like Jam just said, we're, we're going to be a little stricter on, on those because we got people doing it the right way, and that's they set the bar. Absolutely. And they get the reward for that, yep. and, it's, and it's pretty easy. It is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the heavy hitters, as we call them, or the, the guys that are here and girls that are here every day, I mean, that just benefits them so much. You know, like anytime we introduce new benefits to, to our people – you know, it really benefits the people that are doing the job right yes. already, you know. So, so, Super Dave, how does this help you out in the hiring process? I think it's going to help immensely. Um, when people come in the door, I can talk about our culture and uh, the environment here at JFW all I want. And I can paint the prettiest picture of what a great experience it's going to be. But in the end, everybody needs to take care of their families and, and pay their bills. And everybody likes to have nice things um and improve their life and this is the best way to do it so they can um, earn more money and and have more uh, accomplishment in their um, in their job experience we are super excited to have jim senior with us today jim to hear that you were actually a, a fan of the podcast warmed my heart a little bit and to be able to bring you on board today that that's really special for us so welcome thank you it's a pleasure being here are you a Colorado native, Jim? No. Uh, I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uncle Sam sent me out here in the Air Force to Lowry Field, and I've been here ever since. What did you do in the Air Force? I was trained as an aircraft electrical technician on the B-36 bomber, the biggest plane that ever flew. Wow. I graduated one day, 
Congress mothballed the whole fleet the next. Wow. <laughs> so I got sent up to Lowry Field. Believe it or not, they had a crash fire truck school at Lowry, and the crash fire trucks had 21 miles of wiring on them. So that's what they put me to doing. They put their electrical technician working on fire trucks. 21 miles, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Talk about some shorts. <laughs> Electrical yeah. shorts. Right. We need to bring you in in the morning to fix taillights and things on the trailers, right? <laughs> I didn't last long. <laughs> uh, I understand you've had some pretty good athletic accomplishments as well. Yeah, it was a long time ago when I was a young man. In high school, I was all city, all state, halfback, left halfback. And I was really lucky. I loved to play tennis, and I was able to finish second overall in the 16-year-old bracket. Oh, wow. In the state, so I didn't win it, but I came close. So you were a football player and a tennis player. Yeah, and then I loved to skate, ice skate. And I played one year for the Grand Rapids Rockets semi-pro hockey. And I do have, he's, he hasn't said anything yet about it, Jim, but I do have the hockey puck still uh, out, of, out of his stuff where it's got the three X's on it for the hat trick. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that he, he doesn't say anything about it, but he, he did get his hat trick. That's pretty diverse to play those four sports is, is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you came over here to Colorado, and I'm assuming that's where you met your wife, Evelyn. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, believe it or not, I met her the same day I got here. Wow. <laughs> Didn't uh, waste any time. No. Uh, <laughs> when I got here, I took the Greyhound bus from Wichita Falls, Texas. I was born there, just so you know that. Shepherd. Shepherd Air Force Base, yep. That's right. That's where I was at. That's where I took my schooling. They sent me up here, and I got off the Greyhound bus and got some information, and they said, take the bus that goes straight out Colfax, East Colfax, and get off at Quebec and walk about six blocks, you know, and you're at Lowry. And that's what I did. I checked in, and... Uh, up to that time, I'd been in the Air Force about eight months with my basic training and schooling and things. I had always been in the barracks with 30 or 40 other guys. Well, at Lowry Field, this was like a hotel. This was a six-story brick building with rooms and headquarters and everything else in it. They assigned two guys to each room. There was a bathroom and then two guys on the other room. You shared the bathroom with the other two guys. And anyway, make a long story short, uh, there was a gentleman already in the room that I was assigned to. And he said, uh, hey, he said, I know you just got here, but he said, uh, I'm going to go pick up my girlfriend. And she's got a girlfriend and lives right across the street. You want to go? Well, he was driving a 53 Ford convertible, and I, I'm not going to pass up a chance at that. Huh. So that's how I met Evelyn. Easy work. Come to Colorado and meet your wife. Day number one. That's, Get all hooked up. That seems easy. So I imagine it was love at first sight? Uh, that's not a fair question uh, on my part, but at our, at our 50th wedding anniversary, Evelyn told a crowd of 300 people, that uh, she didn't like me when she met me, and she still didn't. <laughs> so I, I think after 63 years, 63, I think so. Uh, we maybe got it right finally. A lot of things happened in 63 years. I can't even imagine. That's that's awesome. You get old quick. <laughs> so how did you become in, involved with Schlegel and Sons and form JFW? Uh, I had, through my racing, I raced stock cars at Lakeside. I'd got hooked up with Frontier Refining Company as a sponsor for the car. I went in to pick up my sponsor's money one t- week and told him I was out of a job. I'd been working for Glen L. Martin Company, and 
He said, well, hell, he said, I got a job for you. They put me to work. I worked my way up from a mechanic and then driving truck, delivering fuel to a district sales manager over the state of Wyoming and part of Nebraska. Great job, but we had to relocate to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, Jim was, I don't know, not much more than about a year old. Dave wasn't even in my mind yet. <laughs> anyway, that job was horrendous. Great job, great pay, but you were on the road all the time. Lots of times I wasn't home. You'd uh, live out of motels, except for on the weekend. You might be able to get home on the weekend. And that was the start of, I guess you'd call it gas wars, mm. where I'd be in Billings, Montana with the company car. The office here in Denver would call and say, hey, you got a gas war started in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Get there. They didn't care how you got there. You got a plane, a little plane, or whatever you could get. You didn't have time to drive. And you got there, and then you chased the car back down after it was all settled down. Anyway, it got to be that I was spending, after two years, very little time at home with my family. And my family means everything to me. I told my father-in-law, I said, Dad Slagle, I said, uh, why don't you and Paul find me a good used truck someplace? I said, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to start trucking with the family. So they found me one, and in 64, I bought it. In 65 was the flood here. I couldn't have bought a truck at a better time. Dad and Paul had friends that got on with the city. We were the first crew to get on with the city to clear the floodwaters and the damage of what the floodwaters had created all up and down through the valley. We worked by the hour for $3 an hour more than what we were normally getting, which made it $10 an hour at that time. And uh, we made a killing. Uh, you know, you couldn't go wrong. Uh, you had a lot of flat tires all in that trash and in and out of the places, but we made uh, some good money that year. And the next year, there was no money in the budget. They'd spent it all on the cleanup, and we had to go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and work with the trucks. So that's what we did. Paul and I and Evelyn came with us. And Dad stayed at home to take care of what business we had left here. And we went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and there again, we made some big money up there. So we're responsible for moving all the dirt that the interstate highway goes right through Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but it's all below level. The downtown streets, everything run on bridges across the highway and the highway runs underneath. We dumped all that dirt in the Lake Michigan and made uh, Milwaukee one of the biggest and best marinas they have ever had. <laughs> wow. So that's basically how it got started. What did you envision when you teamed up with, with your dad Schlegel? What did, you, what did you picture back then? I was so disgusted with having been away from my family and things so much. Uh, I was thrilled. Uh, my vision was to be able to spend more time with my son at that time, and my wife. Uh, I really didn't have any aspect or a, a, any inclination of what I was going to do other than drive truck with them and go to work every day, you know. The thoughts of being bigger and better and everything else came later. Yeah, and you hear that from a lot of the drivers too. I, I just want to drive. I mean, that's their their forte, right. you know, when they come here. And that's you've said it before, and we've all said it. We all started as drivers. That was our our step up when we started with JFW. We all we all drove. What were Jim and Dave like growing up? <laughs> uh, I'm not supposed to tell. Uh, great boys, both of them. Uh, they both. I don't know how you put it. Uh, we're just great sons. 
does tell them we got older, right, Dad? Now we're, <laughs> no, we're not so great. <laughs> well, we, we give you we yeah. give you a lot of shit back now. <laughs> uh, I wish they were younger again, uh, but they wish they were younger too. Uh, when they were younger, I could tell them what to do. Now they tell me what to do. Uh, you know, obviously they were great kids growing up, and they started becoming men at JFW. Did you always know they were capable like they are now? Did you know they would be capable oh, yeah. of building yeah. a company like this? Uh, they had a great uh, bringing up, no credit to me, but to their mother. They were taught respect. They were taught by me how to take things apart, put them back together again. Uh, they were taught the right things that you teach your children and hope they learn. And you hope they become better, you know, for it. They were always taught, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Uh, Just courtesies. Uh, They continue with it, even today. I couldn't ask for two better sons. Yeah. I know you probably heard it in uh, the one podcast I mentioned, asking them if they fought when they were a kid, and they just said it wasn't allowed. So I give yourself a little more credit than than you're taking. The only fighting on the, in our house that went on was between Evelyn and I, <laughs> and it was over the kids usually. She wanted to let them do something, and I didn't, who, or vice versa. Who would win those fights? Oh, Evelyn, all the time. <laughs> He's fibbing to you, Jim. He's the fighter in the family. <laughs> yeah, I bet you guys have more stories to tell than he's telling. Well, our our grandfather, his father-in-law, has some stories, and he's passed away, so they they're gonna close with him. But there's a couple that got passed down. Anyone that you want to share, Jim? <laughs> oh, maybe a road rage one if we could if we could do that one. So, you know that your questions later on here, Jim. What you know? What does Dad taught you as a leader and stuff? And he's always fought for what he wanted. You know, mm-hmm. just like we. We try to teach here that you got to fight, you got to step up, you got to be part of it, and that fighting also goes along with him physically. He's he's always had a pretty quick fuse, and <laughs> and he got in a little road rage thing, and his our grandpa Sam Slagle was with him, and Dad got out first out of the car there, and the guy come up and hit Dad across the face with a tire iron, wow, and knocked him down, and Dad rolled under the car, and and. Uh, Grandpa Slagle kind of chased the other guy off and it broke up. And I guess Grandpa Slagle looked at Dad finally and goes, Are you old enough finally just to learn that it's just not getting you any place, your temper and, and fighting? And that was, I think that was about the last time Dad got out of the car. But the, yeah, there's always that, that fight in everybody, you know. Uh-huh. I think there may have been an instance or two after that, but <laughs> not nearly that severe. And- you guys weren't weren't in the car when no oh, okay. no this is come out. back and you know the nose is all bloodied and uh-huh. the mark across the face and you know all that kind of stuff and and uh, Sam Slagle uh, you know Evelyn's dad his father in law he was when we talk about Cadillacing he was he was it yeah he was he was in his later years he was a smooth character Jam I uh-huh. guess I don't know how else to describe him he was just very he was a teacher is what he was that's great I always love hearing these stories from back in the day, like really back in the day. And I just always wonder if our stories will be that cool when we... Yeah, because back in the day, you could probably do that. I know the tire iron, but you could go get out, have a fist fight, get back in your car and go on your way. Right. Today, you no. know, you, who knows what's going to no, happen. Cops just, are coming, for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe not in these COVID days, but... <laughs> could be. Yeah, who knows? yeah, maybe not at the moment, but right. later. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they might be knocking on your door after you've been home for three hours. You know, our stories will be as cool because they're going to be history to our grandkids at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Jim Sr., what do you think the biggest difference is between the JFW your day and the JFW of today? Oh, Lord. There's so much change. I was a nickel and dime operation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went from many jobs, and most of them were hauling dirt. Uh, very little sand and gravel. We did some hauling for fries, but uh, most of it was uh, septic systems. And uh, uh, by the time I had 10 or 12 trucks, uh, 
we also had some yellow iron and the yellow <coughs> iron was making more money than the 10 or 12 trucks. Prices were not where they are today. I, I would say I started something when I started JFW. I had a idea that I wanted to grow. It took me a while to find the right people. I got where I was at, not from what I did, but the employees that I had, the staff that I had, uh, made JFW everything that it was. Uh, I was out working on the job site almost every day. I wasn't able to manage, uh, and uh, I had a husband and wife team, Ted Speck and his wife, Louave. Their son even drove for us, Gilbert. Loave dispatched trucks and Ted kept them running in the shop and I kept what business I could going and that's what we were doing. Uh, nowadays there's very little excavation. Uh, of course we're running a huge amount of trucks but there again now it's a, the two things that stay constant is your employees are your best asset. Mm. They were then and they are now. And that will never change. So I'd say that basically is the difference. How proud are you of your boys? Oh God. <laughs> this is gonna be one of those pauses. <laughs> it's okay. Take your time. <laughs> you couldn't ask for better if there, uh, if there was one piece of advice that you would give your sons today, what would that be? Because they're not perfect. I hate to break it to you. Uh, that's <laughs> simple. I don't give them any advice. I still discuss things with them about business, mm -hmm. but I don't give them any advice. They've taken this business to places uh, I, I never thought it would go. Jim and Dave, what is it like having your dad as a leader at work and at home? <laughs> Don't you tell him. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an open-ended question, Jim. Yeah, I for myself, um, I just wrote a little note over here to the side, uh, you know, because I love that question that you put in here, Jim. And um, through the years, he taught us to always jump in, you know, when there was something going on or, or people were working or there's something needed to do it. We, where he said his family was important, we did things as a family and we, we worked as a family, um, you know, to good or bad, it's hard for me to separate what's work and what's not because it's always been with family. And, you know, when we're working with people here, that's what it's like as a, as a family. So, um, and, then, and then when you worked hard, you were rewarded for it, and, and that's what he taught us. You know, whether that's you know a paycheck or, or what it was for me personally. One of the one of the biggest lessons is I was fortunate enough to to be able to have a car in high school. Um, it was one that it was a junker that we bought, and me and Dad rebuilt the motor together and and stuff like that. And uh, to have that car, I was expected to have good grades and you know at least play one sport. And I ended up one semester where I came home with a report card with three D's on it. Well, I lost that car for the next semester and uh, didn't go with my friends, didn't go out, didn't do basically anything. I was grounded. That was, and that was a reality check for myself. I was like, oh, so that's what those grades mean. And you know, just what, what I got out of working hard and, and doing what I needed to do to, to be a better person and, and make them proud also. So that, that, that's what I have. Yeah, that was something. <clears throat> yeah, reflecting back on it, Jam, you know, I can take it to today what we're what we're using our number one quote. I think Dad helped us build whether we know it or not, but together we face and overcome all that stands before us. And you know, as a as a child, your your dad is always bigger than life, right? So doesn't matter how really big they are, they're bigger than life when you're a little kid, right? And 
Jim and I could watch dad do anything. He could hop in a loader, dig a basement. He could hop in a grader, grade a road. He could hop in a boat and pull a skier. He could take you fishing. He knew how to cut down a tree. He knew how to build a shed. He knew how to put up a fence. When something needed done at the house, he could fix the furnace. I mean, there wasn't anything he couldn't do. And I think that accredited us to where we're at today. And whether we knew it at the time when we came up with our creed, I think those were a lot of the things that that drove a lot of the information in that creed. I think it was shown to us rather than explained to us. So it was it was a good thing, you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of my thought on then and now. I think it's it's what what built us, it's what created us to a degree. Right. You guys were living the creed. The creed came into <laughs> writing after you've already lived it. Right. right. Absolutely. Yes. So Thank you for that. Yeah. You put it into cool. words very well. Yes. Uh, Super Dave, what was it like for you when Jim Senior was here? Oh, gosh. You know, it was fun <laughs> doing Saturday jobs hauling dirt for Jim. Um, I always enjoyed it. It's kind of funny. A lot of the other drivers got really nervous. And you'd be sitting in that loader loading us and they'd get freaked out like, oh, my gosh, am I supposed to go now? And I never <laughs> worried about it. I, I had a great time working with you. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, do, were you ever overweight working on Saturdays? <laughs> we loaded it up, Jim. Oh, 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 that's not fair. <laughs> and, and when you backed up in the horn honk, were you supposed to stop? And <laughs> did you get yelled at if you didn't stop? With oh, <laughs> boy, you know, when, when you were full and he was done loading, he'd just stick his arm out the window of the loader and point. Right. And if the driver wasn't paying attention... You'd, you'd get a, a couple of really long hogs. <laughs> or another bucket. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Or he'd point with another finger. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Is there, I mean, you guys kind of address this, but if, is there a number one thing that sticks out to you guys as far as what your dad's taught you? Yeah, again, I, what I talked about, what Dave talked about, the, you put it into words really good about the creed. And I guess it's come, as I sit here and talk about it, is, he always treated people with respect, no matter who you were. And then there's also always been a fairness that he showed us. And, you know, the no matter meeting somebody right off the bat, they, they were treated the same way. And whether they, they lost that respect later, right. that, that's different. But up front, everybody was the same and, and equal. And then the and the, the respect, but that's being fair also. Um, he never, along with really never letting me and Dave fight, there was a fairness between us that I was never the, the number one son, Dave was never the number one son. What I got, he got, what he got, I got. And that transfers into our life and what we try to do here at JFW. And, and maybe you can even relate it to the, to the big bonus we just give out or the big raises. To be fair, that wasn't just for the drivers. That was for the wash bay, the mechanics, the office. That's yeah, a fairness. Good point, Jim. You know, because everybody deserved that. Everybody should be treated the same. Uh, I hate these questionnaires that come out. Uh, are you black? Are you yellow? Are you this? Are you that? We're all human beings. That's right. We all bleed the same blood. Yep. And we all should be treated the same. Yep. Well, I would say you definitely pass that down to your boys because that's the one thing I always tell people about Jim and Dave. They'll treat you fairly. Whatever that looks like, it'll be fair. So good job. Dave. That's what they were taught. Yeah. Two things stick out to me, Jam, is you know, respect, number one. You've heard Dad talk about it. You've heard Jim talk about it. Respect everyone. Doesn't matter. But also one of the largest life lessons, and, and Jim touched upon it, is you earn you things just aren't given to you right right you you earn what you've got you earn where you're at you earn everything along the way in your life right either i mean he taught us he taught us how to fish he didn't just feed us right right i mean that was that's and and whether you realize that or not at the time that's you, the fact of how it is yeah you don't do you dave you no. don't realize it but you're like oh I, I have that skill and i didn't even know i had that skill yeah you know yeah. yeah, we'll have people ask us, you know, we've made the comment that we built a building. And when most people say that, they mean they had the building built. Right. Right? 
we put up the building. (laughs) You know, we had people help us along the way. But, you know, Jim and I laid every block in that concrete wall, in the cinder block wall around the wash bay. We put the screws in the metal building to put it together. You know, yeah, we hired a company to come in and do the drywall. We poured the concrete throughout the whole yard. You know, I mean, those were things. And people ask us, how did you do that? Well, we did it, number one, by watching our dad learn how to do things, right? He would get as much information as he could along the way, and then he would try it and figure it out. And it's just like our trucking processes. You start with a little bit of knowledge, and you build on top of that. Once you've learned something, you go, well, what makes it better? Well, this makes it better. You know, so our our goal is to be better and to be better together because we're stronger as a team. So. Yeah, good stuff. And there, if there I, was no YouTube back then, too, huh, senior? No. You did it all on your own, <laughs> no, huh? No, there was no YouTube, that's for sure. I, I, I have to say something here. It's something that was passed down to me. Uh, my grandfather told me, he said, Son, you never ask a man to do something that you haven't done already. Yeah, yeah. Great, great lesson, great advice. What's, uh, what's the one thing you want your dad to know? Man, was that question on here? <laughs> <laughs> now you're stuck. <laughs> yeah, you, you you know, trying to hold it together here, Jam, because it's kind of pretty emotional. But on a stage like this where you can tell, you know, how, how many listeners, Jam, did you just say? Did you, uh, uh, total, we were at over 2,200, 2,278. 2,278. So mm-hmm. in front of those 2,278, I love you and I thank you. Nice. Thank you. Very cool. Man, my voice was cracking already before with my cold here. But, yeah, Dad, love you, man. Thank you for everything you've done for us and shown us. Thank you. Senior, don't go anywhere. You still got time before you have to leave. We're going to move on to a little less serious. I do, I do have some final thoughts. Okay, great. We can't, we can't wait to hear those. So, uh, Procedures. <clears throat> As everybody knows, Joanne sent out a couple bamboo announcements. We are changing our insurance company this year surprisingly enough there's only 14 people left out there that need to fill out their applications good good job everybody (laughs) i'm just guessing those 14 people don't listen to the podcast (laughs) if they haven't got it done yet but if you do get that done because we don't want you to have a lapse in coverage yeah absolutely jim got to sign up you guys sure yeah united healthcare and it's 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 a better program for all of us this year hopefully and we got just like Dave just said and we always talk we're we're trying and we're changing and we're working hard for you guys to make everything the best it can be and this is one of those changes and yeah so we're super excited about it too Jim because we we're able to take for anyone that has their families on it it really lowered the cost really you know almost three thousand dollars if an employee has their family on it wow wasn't that the final number yeah, just yes, almost three thousand dollars a year a year savings for a person that has their whole family and, on. Kids. and I, I i don't know the amount it was i think like 1400 for spouse or for just if you have you know no spouse and child that's yeah. great yeah and we held the we were able to hold the cost to jam i know the podcast maybe a couple before this when we talked about the percentage increase we were able to hold that cost by going with this new company too for another year which was you know two hundred thousand dollar savings that again wow. will we're, we're trying to pass it on. We just did in the, in the raises we gave out. So it's, it's important that we look at all this stuff. Great. Uh, next thing on the procedures is seven days notice for time off requests. Uh, we brought this up before just to let everybody know things have been a little bit more lackadaisical in that area. And we have been approving some time off put in without that just because this time of the year it is a little bit slower. But please remember, the more notice you give, the better. Uh, those those short notices won't always be approved. So, yeah, not not to harp on it, you guys, but you know, Dave and I, and because of you guys making it uh, available for us to do it, we stepped up, you know, with the with the raises and and our investment in you. And again, we want everybody to step up, and that that means some of our procedures and and the quality of work and all that. It needs to be to the next level. Absolutely. Dave, we weren't really going to talk about this very much because we wanted to make sure the insurance application was done. But since it is, uh, your bamboo timesheets have been activated. So if you look at your your bamboo on your homepage, on your mobile app, right there in front of you, there's going to be a place to clock in and clock out. 
I sent out a bamboo notice with uh, pretty specific instructions how to do that. Uh, you'll clock in at the beginning of your shift. Uh, remember, you can't work more than 14 hours in a day. Uh, please check your bamboo notice and uh, look how you have to sign in because you do need to make a note that you are driving under the local exception. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, anybody having trouble with that or struggling, we're really going to hit that pretty hard next week and get everybody on for the yep. new year. Yeah, we could probably actually do a trial run next week. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah, so next week, everybody just start using your your bamboo app. Finish the pink timesheet for the end of the year, but come January 1st, that'll be paperless. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and back to the technology that's out there, you know, going paperless, it'll be recorded automatically here in the office. Yep. You know, we don't have to chase paper down. And then, you know, a lot of this is being pushed by the audit we had. This is something that if we get audited or somebody wants to come in and check, we just click a button, download the information. It's there. So easy. Yeah, so so easy. So and, easy. and we're we're excited about it because again, it's it's easy for you guys. No pen, no paper, just a couple clicks on the phone. Gotta have your phone though, and you gotta have bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> Back to my buddy Bill Belichick though. Just do your job. Yeah. Famous words. Yep. Super Dave, I asked you for a safety topic this week, and you were like. We should do something on reading the road ahead. And then you put together a little piece on that. So why don't you go ahead and take over, Soup? Yeah, sure. You know, as professional drivers, we always talk about um, <clears throat> reading what motorists are going to do before they actually do it. But uh, it's so important that all people out there driving learn to read the road. This can mean a lot of different things. You know, it could mean looking at the road surface or looking at traffic, you know, for instance, um, look at that road surface. Is the water deep with a no runoff like puddles uh, that could cause aquaplaning? Or is it just wet and it might have great drainage and, and you don't have hydroplaning going on? Um, ice, for instance, white or black, snow, how deep it is. Uh, the road surface temperature plays a huge role. Um, you know, deep watery slush at or around 32 degrees can be very dangerous. It's just as slippery as a sheet of ice, although there is no ice, it's just slush, right? Um, very cold road surface can turn a sprinkle or a black, um, or excuse me, a mist into black ice that can cause a slide before the driver even knows that the danger exists. A great way to look for that is um, look for tire spray. If the road looks wet, but you see the cars around you don't have any uh, spray coming off of them, chances are ice is forming and you better slow down. Uh, another meaning of reading the road is watching the traffic patterns, right? Uh, is the right lane or two slow or stopped with the left lane flying by? Watch for rear end crashes in that fast moving lane because of uh, brake checks because people like to move out of that slower lane without any warning at all. And I think we've probably all seen that. Um, in the mountains, it's a good idea to stay out of that right lane period. Um, unless, of course, you're the slowest moving vehicle, you know, in which case you need to be in that right lane with your four ways on. But um, if you're not, you might get caught behind one of those slow moving vehicles and you can't change lanes um, except for at risk of causing an accident, like we just mentioned a second ago, jumping out into the next lane over. But always be aware of what I like to call the race in the mountains. Have you ever noticed that everyone is always racing to go up the hill as fast as they can or go down the hill faster than the guy in front of them? It's best to watch your mirrors and stay out of those people's way because they might involve you in a crash. Um, a good driver always watches the other driver's behavior. Um, if you do, you'll know what that driver is about to do before they do. Uh, an example, a car is passing fast in the hammer lane and then it suddenly hits its brakes with nothing in front of him coming up to an exit. Guess what that guy's about to do? He's about to jump across all lanes to get off on that exit. Um, we've all seen that happen too. Another example, on a multi-lane road when you have a vehicle coming up fast on the right or the left and you don't have ample room in front of you, um, but that car is gonna change lanes. He's running out of room in his, his lane because he's going so fast and he's going to jump in front of you. You better be prepared to hit your brakes um, and make adjustments because that lane, that car is going to cut you off and they're busy playing their little chess game on the highway. Um, and if you don't, they're going to hit you and cause, cause an accident because they assume they had enough room because they're going so fast, but they don't. 
Another great piece of advice is to focus far ahead on the road and traffic. Far, far ahead. Um, this will give you more time to react to anything, a deer, a crash, a brake check, anything at all. Um, when traffic volume increases, your spidey senses should go on alert as well. Slow down, increase your following distances and get out of that hammer lane. How many times have you seen the three or four car crash in the hammer lane because one person wasn't paying attention? Um, by adjusting your following distance, you can always avoid being involved in an accident. Um, and like we, we talk about, uh, remember, take it easy, take it slow, look out for 5-0, and pull your hat down low and look cool on your stool. Man, a poet and didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, he's Very good, Dave. <laughs> that you is was, good. You was looking neat in your seat in the two-window <laughs> Right on. Yeah, I guess uh, just to add to that, you could have an accident and be found not at fault. So you didn't cause the accident. It's not your fault. You weren't ticketed, but it's an avoidable accident. Yeah, a lot of usually still damage, right, yep. Jim and, and, and Dave and Dave and, and Dad. There's always damage to our vehicles, so the shop's having to fix it. There's a, there's something that costs JFW yes. money. And the time. You'll never get the, the time back. Time. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's money. I mean, yep. it, again, that's what it, it transfers to. I, if I don't, you know, take it away from you, Jam, and, and Dave, Super Dave just gave you a lot of information, and I, just quickly listening to him, like the truck that slid into the other truck at Plant 13 or, or Plant 39, um, you know, that was how would you know for sure, and we went over that, but if you're parking on ice, you know, you're reading the road. You know, you're, you're parking on snow, you're reading the road. Um, the one we just had, uh, was it yesterday where we had the, the lady cut the truck off going up yeah. I-70? Yeah, just ran right into us. Yeah, ran right into us. So there was, you know, Brother Dave brought it up this morning when we watched the video. There was a big uh, vac truck climbing the hill. His four waves were on. He was in the right-hand lane. And, you know, Dave mentioned your spidey senses. Your spidey senses are everybody's going to try to get around that vac truck. His four waves are on. Where are they going to go? Right. You know, possibly in front of you. That that's reading the road. You know, uh, Dave, you got brother Dave. You got. I mean, we oh, talked about it this morning. Yeah, totally. I mean, you you just set upon it. The spidey senses. You guys all know what's going to go on before it happens. Right. Right. If you're in the middle lane and you're going 65 miles an hour and you look up and you see a truck going 40 or 45 with their four ways on, the four wheelers behind that truck don't know until the last minute they're going to need over. We witness it every day, all day long, but you know those four-wheelers are going to need over. So you, you're an offensive driver at that point. You create the gap. You give them the space. You either slip over a lane if possible, or you break and give them the ability to get in front of you, whatever the case may be, and there's no time involved in it. Right. You know what I mean? It, it may feel like it, but we're talking split seconds where you know you have an accident with one of those you're on the side of the road for an hour your truck could be down for days you know being repaired stuff like that uh you know jim you're you're spot on i mean yes you may not have gotten ticketed it may not have been your fault but we're still dealing with it right right was it preventable you know and those are the things that if we can avoid a preventable accident jfw is money ahead you know, and, and money, it doesn't come easy. The the truck that slid on the ice and hit the other trailer, that's a $7,000 repair. I just found out yesterday. We finally got the estimate back. The grill alone is over $2,000. Right. The right side of the hood to be repaired, put back on, and painted is another 6000 So we're looking at a, well, almost an $8,000 bill. It's over $7,000 to be repaired. That doesn't count the downtime. Right. How long is that truck going to be down? You know, there's there's a thousand dollars a day gone that we're not making, plus paying out of pocket that damage. So, yeah, uh, the accident yesterday, if it were preventable, what would that have saved? Because in order for our truck not to be down, we're going to have the night shift repair that. They're going to have to put a step on it. That's going to take time out of their their daily routine in servicing and maintenancing the trucks. So now that's something we haven't accounted for. And it, it just escalates from there. It's, it's money on top of money on top of money. And, and, you know, like we brought up in last week's podcast, a lot of times the person that drives that truck doesn't see that. Right. 
they just came in and wrote up, hey, my step is bent, and they show up the next day, and, you know, pretty good odds it's fixed. Magic. Right? But what happened? How did it get like that? What did it cost someone? Right. Who's paying that person? Where did the parts come from? How did we gather all that stuff? And, you know, that's, that's the amazing part of what our shop does, which is really cool. And we're, and we're mentioning JFW a lot. It costs JFW money. It, it's, it's that. But whether you guys go anyplace else, I know a lot of you guys have a dream of owning your own truck. And you're going to be wanting to look for the preventable items so it doesn't cost you money on your own truck, on your own insurance. And even if you go on to another company, you guys, to be their star employee, you're going to want to try to stop preventable things and accidents are going to happen this will just make you better whether you work for us work for yourself or work for another customer company um it it, it makes you better and that's for the other listeners that might be listening that you know don't drive all the time that even for a four-wheeler that's what i've tried to teach my daughters as they drove is to read that road and and just in in my last thoughts super dave that the one you gave, the incident you gave where, you know, the guy's flying by you, you know, in the fast lane and all of a sudden his brake lights come on and an exit's coming up, you know he's going to run across all three lanes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. I, I mean, it just, for us, because we see it every day, just like you guys out on the road right now listening, yeah, it's just like, oh, watch this. Yeah, yeah I've really been working with my son. He's just 16, had his driver's license for six months now, and actually not quite six months yet, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I I knock on wood. I think he's doing a pretty good job so far. But you know, he's listened to me complain about how people drive his whole life. You know, and I'll point things out as we're going down the road. Look at this. Watch this guy's going to change lanes. You know, you'll watch a car change lanes before their blinker ever comes on. You knew they were going to change lanes. They're just not intelligent enough to turn on the blinker and signal you. They're already encroaching on the dotted line. They're already half over. And then the blinker comes on and they come over. It's like, wow, why not just do it the right way like you're taught? Turn on your turn signal. Then someone knows you're coming over. Someone will give you the gap. If you pre-plan or or you're you're prepared, most people are more courteous than they are just waiting for that to happen. You know, the drivers see it every day. I mean, they they live and die by that. I was going to bring up that word courteous, Dave. I'm glad you did. If everybody was just a little bit more courteous, it'd be a whole lot less accidents. Right. And and communicative, Jam. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I will watch people that you know want over, but they won't turn on that blinker until they know there's a gap that they can get into. Where if they would just turn on the blinker, someone would give them the gap, right? Well, hopefully, yeah. I I mean, you see it. When you see people using the blinker, pretty good odds they get a gap. It's given to them. Yeah, the lady yesterday, she was determined to come over. I don't even know if she saw our truck or what the deal was. You know, her blinker came on, and here she came. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate for her. She she didn't know what happened. So, hi, right, Soup. You want to hit us with the high road hauler, please? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, it's kind of funny. I was just thinking about kind of a year-end high road hauling, and so I wrote this up, and Jam read it and said, well, do you want to do that next week? And I thought, well, no, let's just go ahead and do it this week. Um, it's fresh on my mind and stuff. So, But what will you do next week? <laughs> A year in, year in. So maybe what's going to happen next year. Right? There we go. Um, as we near the close of 2021, I'm sure we all can agree that this was a year for the books. The books that we look to for weather records, heat, drought, fire, flood, rain, snow. Yep, we set some records there. The political books that tell us about the rift between right and left, good and evil. Ask either side and the other is at fault for all our problems. The books that chronicle the pandemic. Who knows what is true or what is misinformation? Only the history books will truly be accurate. And the books that tell us what to expect in our future depending on what you read or what you choose to believe the future looks a little dark human beings are very resilient we have some very we have come a very long way in a relatively short period of time historically speaking modern homo sapiens have been around for about 200,000 years with the first tangible link to us evolving about 6 million years ago uh, by comparison dinosaurs roamed the earth for about 150 million years Mankind has this little advantage over the dinosaurs. 
our large brains and the capacity to reason, not to mention thumbs, uh, <laughs> our ability to create and manipulate technology allows us to explore and learn from the top of the world to the bottom of the oceans. We can learn about worlds only seen through a microscope or we can't even see it all and beyond earth to other worlds as well. Mankind's quest for knowledge is arguably our finest trait. Let's all strive to learn everything we can from each experience life bestows upon us. Despite all the tales of the end of the world as we know it, we know that tomorrow will come and with it another beautiful sunrise to start another precious day. There will be school, work, play, fun, and agony and suffering as well. In other words, life will go on, perhaps on a warmer planet or the different political ideology. People will evolve and not only survive, but thrive. If we want to thrive in 2022, we need to do a few things here. Focus on the positive solutions to the problems we face. Follow through with our convictions. Pursue our passions. Do more of what we love to do. Make a difference in someone's life. Make choices that will make a positive difference. Always do our very best. Tell people we are closest to how much we love them every day. Do the right thing even when nobody is looking or, or better yet, when other people are pressuring us to do the wrong thing. Life is short and make every second count. The quote this week is, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, and working together is success by Edward Everett Hale. Nice job, ah, Good job. Good job. Yeah, way to go, Super Deva. I think Chris said last week, glad to have those back, Dave. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Yeah. Well, Jim Sr., you said you had some final thoughts. I'd love to kick off with you, buddy. Thank you. Well, my final thoughts were have a great Christmas, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody, if we yeah. haven't said that. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Okay. I, I just wanted to be sure that everybody here at JFW Corporation knows what a great job, I think, what a great job they all do. And for their families, their loved ones, yes. everybody have a great Christmas Amen. season. Amen. Be safe. Absolutely. Good, Jim. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, the holidays here and stuff. And then, you know, like Thanksgiving, I always try to be thankful. And then, you know, you, you got Valentine's Day. That's for our loved ones. And we have the different holidays. Labor Day, where you don't have to labor. You got your three-day weekend. And I, I kind of reviewed what, what Christmas. And I, I just want to give a wish for you guys, uh, kind of like the happy holidays and stuff. And this is for our listeners out there, all the families, your kids, our kids, just everything. So... This is my wish for all of you guys. Uh, comfort on the difficult days. Smiles when sadness intrudes. Rainbows to follow the clouds. Laughter to kiss your lips. Sunsets to warm your heart. Hugs when spirits sag. Beauty for your eye to see. Friendships to brighten your being. Faith so that you can believe. Confidence when you doubt. Courage to know yourself, patience to accept the truth, love to complete your life. Very, oh, nice. very good. That's yeah. beautiful, Jim. Thanks. Dave? Merry Christmas. Got it. <laughs> I'll second that. Everybody have a happy and uh, Merry Christmas holiday. Just want to remind everybody we got a uh, four day weekend this week. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll be back on, uh, what is it? 28th, yeah, Dave? 28th. Is that what it is? Yeah, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday 28th. 28th. Uh, my final thought is I uh, just want to talk about the seasons of life real quick. We got good seasons, bad seasons. We got seasons of no, and we got seasons of not yet. We've been going through a little bit of a not yet season in my house, but you got to remember what happens to you while you're waiting for something can be more important than what you're actually waiting for. So just keep your nose to the grinder. Keep taking those steps forward, and eventually good things are going to come your way. And uh, just have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll see you next week. See you, everybody. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Jim.